you know, the thought, the thought definitely crossed my mind, you know, I, I could die from this. Um, and I, I can actually distinctly remember, right. And I, 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 I didn't get a chance to listen to this, uh, since it's not out yet at the mm. time of recording. Um, but one of the things is I can remember you, you look at some of the secular media that, that is popular today. Um, whether it be YouTube or, or whatever you look at, um, and, and you see the people on there and the way they act, right? You just think it's crazy when you're sick with cancer because they're, they're out there doing crazy stuff that ultimately doesn't, doesn't matter at all, mm. right? Wasting time. <laughs> um, and I can remember looking at that and feeling sorry for them. Men, this is a reclamation project. Manhood in the West is broken in our homes, in our cultural institutions, in the church. Real men have gone missing. We're here, a Protestant and a Catholic, to confront that reality with the wisdom and truth of our respective faith traditions. Join us as we move from mediocrity to mastery, from apathy to action, from failure to freedom. Join us as we seek manhood restored. Mighty Men of Valor, welcome to the Manhood Restored Podcast, where we make Super Bowl halftime shows look tasteless, lame, and not worth the time of day. Oh, wait. <laughs> they already are. <laughs> oh, nice. <laughs> nice comedic timing, man. <laughs> I was like thinking, is there going to be crickets? Are we going to press yeah. a button? Yeah, I, I forget what button does what. All right. With my guitar and long, flowing black hair, I've been Neff. In his dreams. Uh, hey, wait, there's going to be a Facebook post on this one. I want to say, oh. oh, yeah, don't worry. I got it coming, okay? <laughs> okay. All right. I, Ben Neff, am your entertainment for the evening or morning or afternoon or whenever you are listening, wearing all leather pants and no shirt, playing the mandolin. This is getting worse as you go. Yikes. This is my co-host, Chad Stolly. Oh, this is me. Yeah. I thought you were just still describing you. No, nope, oh. nope, nope. <laughs> Good thing it's a podcast, right? Yeah, thanks you know, for introducing me. Yeah, so, so no, I'll have generously. A, yeah, I'll have a great picture of your outfit. I promise, <laughs> you know, or my outfit. You know, yours. I guess you have to figure yours out. Okay. All right. Yeah. We do have a rock star guest today. Okay, uh, one I've been looking forward to for a while now. When I say a while now, I mean uh, Mike Spencer told us we should interview you uh, after. We interviewed him, and that was episode six. Okay, right. this is episode seventy-one. Seventy-three. Yeah. I'm gonna go seventy-three. Okay. Yeah, good guess. Yeah, it should be seventy-three. Uh, and um, and I think here Isaac Randall. If you want to say hi here, yeah, hello everyone. <laughs> yeah, thanks for having me. So he's here, um, and he's a he's a young pup, according to the other old guys here, and it's uh, <laughs> and so he's really got a message that will challenge people. I think twice. Two, three times his age, easily here. Four times, I mean. Uh, uh, so give you an idea how young he is. But uh, we have a great opportunity here, um, I think. I'm pretty excited. And this is a follow-up to an interview, uh, um, follow-up interview to the episode Memento Mori, mm -hmm. Remember Your Death, where Chad challenged us to go get a skull. <laughs> <laughs> I did get one for Christmas, by the way. Uh, did you? Uh -huh. I haven't done that yet. It's I, on my dash. I put it on my dash. I didn't know where to put it, but right now it's staring right back at me as I drive. What if you have slam on the brakes? What happens to it? It happened already. It flew. It flew to the back of the van. You might want to I know. hit a kid or something. <laughs> well, there's no kids in there. Wait a second. Why would it fly to the back of the van if you slam on the brakes? Actually, it was a turn. Okay. So it wasn't a slam. So okay. it was a turn and it tumbled oh, and then okay. it went back. Okay. So I need some sort of sticky. Yeah. Yeah. yeah you might want to do that before your kid gets a skull. <laughs> yeah. Head. Right. A skull to the skull. <laughs> <laughs> so anyway, um, we keep the death at the forefront of our mind. All right. So here we have a, a guest I've absolutely been looking forward to and really honored to interview. Um, and, and so uh, instead of reading a bio, though, 
Isaac. We I think we've pretty much read bios for all of our interviewees. Uh, yet we're going to have you un- unfold your story for us a little bit. So welcome. Um, uh, give us your intro and, and tell us about yourself wherever it is. The floor is yours, Isaac. Yeah, thanks for coming on, yeah. by the way. Oh, well, thank you. Thanks for having me. Um, all right, my intro. Um, I'm 19 years old. Um, I'm from Salina here. Um, I'm a computer engineering college or a computer engineering major in college up in Fort Wayne at Purdue. Oh, wow. Um, so you you do have so it is computer engineering. So he you was, are holding he is holding back he on was me downplaying then. that. Tech, so I, yeah. I I wanted to know how good he was. Yeah. So you were downplaying it. Uh hey hey um I don't know about that I don't know about that but um I do enjoy computers so yeah yeah good deal um so yeah um I kind of grew up here in Salina grew up with my mom and dad um. Christians. So, you know, from a young age, they were instilling those godly values in me, um, which I am so grateful for. Um, but, you know, we know that doing good works doesn't doesn't get you to heaven. Um, so um, in 2009, I, I actually made that realization. Um, I was going to church um, right actually after Christmas. This was December 27th. Um, and I can remember asking a lot of questions about about, you know, why are we doing this? Why are we going to church? Um, and once we got home, they laid out the gospel for me. And um, I came to realize that I needed, I needed that. You know, I needed that um, to put my faith in Christ and mm-hmm. to realize it wasn't on my own that I could merit anything. You but were six at the time then, right? I was six. So, yeah, yeah. Doing yeah. my math there. So, wow. Yeah, so, yeah. And, and do you feel like it was... You know, and we've talked about this a little bit about salvation. Some of our episodes recently have specifically talked about this. It was very real to you at that point. I mean, as I mean, because as a six-year-old, that's about when you first can remember things. You know, before about the age of I don't know four, you don't remember anything. It seems like so. This is one of probably your first memories, I would guess, that you really recall. Yeah, yeah, that that that's correct. Um, I I. I wasn't very knowledgeable at the time, but I could tell a distinct shift, right? Um, one of the things was a change in fruit, right? So mm. you see changes in your life um, based off of coming to Christ, right? You grow mm. throughout your walk. Um, so I would really point to that as the time when I came to Christ. Um, of course, there have been ups and downs, times that you feel closer, times that you're more distant. Um, yeah. Yeah. Wow, that, yeah, that's neat to see. And then uh, fast forward here. What? what? <laughs> yeah, yeah. So um, actually, and then in 2016, so about seven years later, I would have been 13, um, I was actually baptized. Um, so kind of made that public, um, mm. you know, so um, other people would know that I had made that commitment. Mm-hmm. Um, yeah, then just three years later, um, my life kind of turned upside down Yeah, and maybe, maybe this is where the audience doesn't know as much about yeah. me if they kind of know me distantly. Um, but it was around Labor Day, actually. Um, we found my dad dead in our woods from a tractor accident. Mm. Mm. Um, so it, it was pretty shocking for my family, um, to kind of go through that. Um, a lot of tears, um, and, and I, every time someone asked me, you know, um, what happened or I, I share this with someone, it's always so hard to convey, you know, your mm-hmm. emotions during that time, right? Words kind of don't seem to cut it. Mm. Um, but I, I can remember, I can remember looking around our living room after, after we had gotten back from the hospital mm. and you know, family was there, some close friends were there, um, there was some chattering going on, but, you know, looking around our living room, there were an awful lot of blank stares. Mm. Um, there were an awful lot of people who, who it either hadn't hit them fully yet, and, and I, I would have been one of those, um, but, you know, it kind of takes time to understand, to accept, and um, and kind of fully grasp, you know, that you had lost someone, mm. but not forever because you get to see them again. Mm. Yeah. 
the the moving on piece of that is so uh, tricky. You know, like you do all that. There's so much emotion, and then there's a point where you're like, all right, we got to move on. I can specifically remember when my grandpa passed. He had his chair that he always sat in. Perhaps your dad had a chair he always sat in. And so it was a funeral was over. All the family's gathering, and everyone's gathering in the living room, and no one is, like, wanting to sit in his chair, you know. Oh. And eventually my uncle, you watch him just go, and he walks up, and he just, I mean, he just plops down <laughs> in there. Just, I mean, not just gently sits, but he just plops down in the chair like, this is our new reality. We must, you know, like, whether we like it or not, you know. So there was a, a moment for, for us that that was good for us because everyone's tiptoeing around it, you know, along the way. So, I, But, yeah, that whole I, idea of now life had to continue for a 16-year-old or 15? You said 13, um, right? Yes, I was um, uh, 15. 13 was when I was baptized. Mm-hmm. Okay, Sorry, 15, right, right. Yeah. some math there. Um, I, would, I was going to turn 16 in a month. Mm-hmm. So, yeah, very close yeah. to both of those numbers. Could you, mm-hmm. could you talk to us about uh, what your dad meant to you? Just tell us some memories and stuff like that if, if sure. you're able to. Sure. Um, well, some of my favorite memories um, were memories working with him on projects around the house. So we, we, we bought the house we live in now, um, let's see, almost 11 years ago, maybe 10. Um, and it was a, a pretty bad house. Um, not, not a bad house in like a moral sense, but it needed a lot of work to, to look better. <laughs> it right? needed conversion. <laughs> right, right. <laughs> um, so, um, working with him on a lot of projects around the house were really some of my favorite memories. Um, you know, whether it's be wiring a new outlet or painting or scraping up tile off of our floor, which was quite, quite, um, a challenging endeavor. Oh, yeah, sure. I don't know what glue they had back <laughs> when they built this house, but it is way better than any Gorilla Glue today, I guarantee <laughs> you. <laughs> <laughs> lots of labor involved in that. Oh, yes, yes. Lots of um, flavorful sweat running down your face and into your mouth. <laughs> Just trying yeah. to get it, get it out of there. So yes. Character testing right there. So you see what you're made of or, you know. Oh, absolutely, absolutely. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> Um, but also, also he, he meant something to me as a spiritual leader, Mm. um, someone I could look up to, um, he was a hardworking man and every morning before he'd go to work, you know, if if I often wasn't up when he went to work, um, but the mornings I was up, you know, he would sit in his chair every morning, he would have coffee and he would read his Bible Mm. because that was a priority to him. And um, I'm I'm thankful for that example that he set to me at a young age yeah. of the importance of reading your Bible and uh, hard work. Okay, great. Yeah, thanks for sharing that. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And then, of course, then in the middle of still probably grieving that, I can't remember the timeline for sure, but shortly thereafter, it seems, um, then a new challenge comes on the horizon. Um, can you tell us how, how that unfolded for you? And, and I don't know for sure, you know, how quickly that unfolded or, you know, or it's like a, kind of a, like your dad is one day it all changed or was it a slow process or something? Um, yeah, yeah. So, um, uh, what you're referring to is my, my cancer battle. Um, so in April of, uh, 2021, I was diagnosed with uh, stage four liver cancer. Mm. Um, so that, that all kind of started, um, I believe it was a Monday. Um, I, I woke up and I was in a lot of pain in my abdomen. Um, so I ended up calling into work saying I couldn't come in and we went to our family doctor. Um, he did some poking around and he's like, I don't know what's going on here, but you probably need to go to the ER. So Mm. we ended up going to the, uh, ER here in Coldwater and, uh, they did, they did a, MRI and they found a mass on my liver um, and things moved at light speed from that point. Mm. Um, we ended up going down to Dayton that same day. Um, they ran some more tests. Eventually a biopsy was performed, um, which kind of led into to treatment, you know, uh, chemo for a while. Um, and then they ended up doing liver surgery um, where they removed part of my liver some of my diaphragm, um, and a couple lymph nodes. Um, so that, that's kind of the beginning. They would do some radiation, 
Um, and then more recently, um, we, we thought we had it in remission, um, but some scans kind of showed that that's not the case. There's a recurrence um, lower down in my abdomen. Um, so now it's you, you think you had all of that done, right? You think you were, you were through that, um, but, but there's more, um, which is in some ways almost harder than going through it the first time, mm. um, but, but very valuable as, as a lesson, I think. Mm. In what way? Can you explain what, what you mean by that? Well, um, right. So, so you talked about the idea of, of living with, with death in mind. Yeah. Um, so, so when, when I faced this battle the first time, um, you know, the thought, the thought definitely crossed my mind, you know, I, I could die from this. Um, and I, I can actually distinctly remember, right. And I, 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 I didn't get a chance to listen to this, uh, since it's not out yet at the mm. time of recording. Um, but w- one of the things is I can remember you, you look at some of the secular media that, that is popular today. Um, whether it be YouTube or, or whatever you look at, um, and, and you see the people on there and the way they act, right? You just think it's crazy when you're sick with cancer because they're, they're out there doing crazy stuff that ultimately doesn't, doesn't matter at all, mm. right? Wasting time. <laughs> um, and I can remember looking at that and feeling sorry for them, right? Because yeah. they, they don't understand what's important in life. Um, and, and not that I have a monopoly on that. I, I certainly don't. Um, but, but it does, it does shift your perspective a little bit as to what, what's important. Um, so, so sorry, that was, yeah. no, that was a little good. bit what, well, what kind of things were you seeing on YouTube that, you know, even put, put some, uh, more concrete things, what we're talking about. An example of something. Yeah. Like, like what were you seeing where you, or maybe it might be an image in your mind of like, why would that be important? I mean, sure, sure. Um, so, so, um, uh, I think at this time, um, there was kind of a big, big fiasco about, um, Jake Paul or Logan Paul. I can't remember which, oh, yeah. um, but, but everyone was making a, a, a big deal about it. Right. And there was a lot of stuff on, on YouTube about this. And I can remember just thinking, why, why do we care so much mm. about what this person does and why, why are we so consumed with finding out, you know, who's right? Is he wrong? I don't know. It just, it just felt kind of like a waste of time mm-hmm. to to be so caught up in that what was happening at the moment mm. yeah this, this was saying your first time that you were diagnosed and Correct. that was what hit struck mm. you yeah. yeah 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 and then you said you just said here a second ago that um thinking that it had it had passed that this ordeal had passed and it having a second diagnosis or um you said that there was a lesson that you learned there Mm-hmm. I think, I think it's, um, thankfulness. Um, hmm. it, to be honest, I kind of, I kind of, well, maybe, maybe it's thankfulness and something else. Um, I kind of thought, you know, we're going to go through treatment. Um, Lord willing, I'll get better. And, and when that started happening, I thought, okay, this is behind me. Hmm. And then so quickly, right? So, when 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 I went through this, I'm like, okay, I never want to forget what what I'm feeling now, what I'm learning here. But so quickly after returning to normal life, going to mm. school, becoming busy with other things, so quickly you forget you forget what mm. what you have, right? So so taking a step back and you know a re-diagnosis brings all of that back, right? It mm. brings all of those things that that are important back to the forefront of your mind. Whereas the busyness of life can get, get in the way and you can Mm -hmm. become ungrateful for those things. That's really interesting because that's, I think what the challenge for Chad is to remember that, keep it in the forefront of your mind. That's the whole point of this episode. And you're, you're testifying that how hard that is even to be, I don't know if I want to say so close, but it, it, it was so much in the front of your mind right? It was just so in front of your mind. And then it's like, okay, we got by that. Now I can get back. And almost like what I hear you saying is like live in this world and not think as much about death or something, maybe, uh, you know, to summarize. Yeah, sure. Sure. Yeah. And, and even then, um, I guess 
how do you, how do you do it? I think of nine eleven. Um, you might be a little young to remember nine eleven, but uh, um, because you would have born what year were you born? Uh, two thousand three. That's what I thought. Yeah, so you probably don't remember that. Um, and so in two thousand one, I think there was that like, oh my gosh, we could die. The the brevity of life comes with COVID. Probably, I think it, it occurred, but I. I Think how quickly we've gotten away from that. Uh, just more recently, Damar Hamlin has been on the news for a Bills player who had a heart attack on the field. And, you know, people all over the world were like, oh, my gosh, in this one moment. It, but it's very quickly again fades away. And I guess my question is, is so is that is that an impossible task, what we're saying? Can we can we can we actually appreciate the brevity of life and and think about what's important if we don't have the trial right in front of us you know mm-hmm. like lord willing you beat this a second time and now you're on your life again can you keep it in the front of your mind then can we you know can we have this interview and have that perspective at the end of the interview of like i'm going to make sure that i keep eternity at the forefront of my mind yeah, you know, or or about fifteen minutes later, we just forgot about it. Sure, sure. Um, well, first off, I I don't think we can do it alone. Um, so I I Good. think we need God's help in order to keep our priorities straight in anything in life. Mm-hmm. Um, so I I think that um maybe in answer to your question, yes and no. No, we can't do it. Um, but yes, I think we can with God's help. Um, however, I don't, I don't know if, if, if thinking about it, um, is, is so important as, you know, living as if that's the case, right? So, so we can think that we're going to die. And, and to some extent, maybe that means that if we think it, then we live like that. Um, so sorry, that was a that was a disconnected thought there. You know, our thoughts our thoughts shape our actions. So if we think if we think about our 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 life and how short it is and and you know, we're reminded of this in the Bible, right? We're we're a mist that vanishes. Mm-hmm. Um so I think I think that, you know, reading God's word, praying and staying close to him is gonna help in that matter compared to trying to do it on your own. Mm. And that's one of the things I reflected when I was writing down a handful of questions that I wanted to ask you. You're leading right into it. Can you can you talk to us about um, this second time around? Um, how this now informs your day to day? What? How do you act? You just said your thoughts and what's in your mind affects your your actions. How how is Isaac living today? Mm-hmm. Yeah. Yeah. Um, well today, um, I, I think that maybe one of the changes that it's caused is, is a renewed vigor to be in his word every day. Mm-hmm. Um, um, a renewed vigor to make sure that I'm setting time aside to, to be with him in prayer, um, and to seek him through his word. Um, and, and what do you hope to gain there? You know, like what, what, what about that? I mean, it seems like obvious, but I, I, you know, but I I don't know, like what, what do you gain by that? Sure. Um, well, I I think, I think there's a host of benefits to that. Um, and I think, I think the best of which is, um, you become closer in the relationship with Christ, right? How, how can you, um, how can you have a relationship with someone if you don't, if you don't hear what they're saying or read what they're saying or have a conversation with them, right, through prayer. So I, I think that most of all, it's it's growing in your relationship with Christ, mm-hmm. which I think is impossible without communication mm-hmm. back and forth. You'd mentioned earlier <clears throat> that prioritization, right, changes. You said when you first heard the diagnosis and you saw this thing going on YouTube and you're like, what's a waste of time? People, why do we have our priorities so out of whack? And what you're just answering there is that the thing that matters to you most is where your priority goes, mm-hmm. right? With your time now, right, right, yeah, yeah, um, yeah. I think I think that um, maybe maybe it's shifted 
it's shifted what matters to me, right? Um, it, it's less about, oh, I want to go make a lot of money and mm. live on a boat somewhere in the Caribbean, <laughs> right? Um, n- no, no, that's not, that's not what I want as my goal, right? Um, the, the Christianese answer is, right, our goal in life is to bring honor and glory to Christ. Um, and, and I think that's the correct answer. Um, so I think ultimately asking yourself that question over and over saying, will, will this be what allows me to bring the most glory to Christ whenever you're about to do something? And I certainly don't do this every time because I'm a sinful human. Mm. Um, but I think, I think it's one thing that I'm trying to improve at. And maybe, maybe this cancer battle has helped me realize I need. Yeah. And I, I think I associate, so I'm using the word priority and I, I remember thinking this too, just um, as you're talking that priority can be, you could also say it that priority is what you love the most. Um, so bring into the forefront what it is that you truly love and, and shame on us, right? For, for getting that out of balance because life's busy and the, how is it that we allow the things that we love to be set on a back burner? Um, so your unique circumstance um, presses that priority upon you, right? So can you talk about what, are, so you just mentioned your relationship with God and scripture. Can you talk about what else um, you love that has become new priority to you? Uh, that That's a great question. Um, relationships would kind of be my answer to that. Mm. Um, so one, one of the things that was so, um, I don't know what the word I'm looking for, amazing about, about this, this battle is the community of believers and friends and family that have prayed or um, uh, helped bring me to appointments um, or, or just sat down and talked with me. Right. Um, that, that's invaluable. Um, and it's really, it's really important that, um, I, I want to have a good relationship with my brothers and sisters. I want to have a good relationship with my church family. I want to be, be pouring out myself for, for those people, for my friends. Um, instead of focusing on what I can gain from them, Instead, what I can what I can give to them. Um, so I, I think in answer to your question, Chad, that relationships are kind of another another priority that people kind of put in the back mm-hmm. of of their mind, and and something I'm completely guilty of um, on the regular. Yeah. Do you, this is my burning question. Do you play Candy Crush? <laughs> I don't. I don't. Or, or, you I don't know, even know what that is. So. Or, uh, you know, some sort of, uh, are you computer games and stuff on your phone? Um, well, I I recently went on a purge about my computer games because I spent sometimes too much time on, on those computer games. Um, so I try not to play any computer games anymore just because... Um, I, I am prone to becoming addicted to them. Mm-hmm. Um, so I, I do play chess now. Ooh, um, yeah. See, I approve of that. <laughs> yeah. We can, we can message, play chess through text, you know? Well, that's, that's, other. uh, you usually involve somebody else. Yeah. Time with somebody else. Yeah. Sure. Sure. Um, so <laughs> yeah. Well, yeah. the reason why I asked is because a lot of young people love games. I mean, older people, you know, games, like they play their candy crush and stuff. And I have a... What, Chad, what is the word for disaffinity? <laughs> you know, like I don't, the opposite of affinity for, I oh. hate, a dislike, a, a, I don't know, you know, a. Yeah, I'm not coming up with the word, sorry. I know, I, know, I, I need a, I need some help from the word guy. <laughs> but it just seems to me like games, especially solo games on our phone, I just have such a problem with myself. I don't really have any games. In fact, I had a little bit of stress going on in my life. One of the episodes I <laughs> talked about. Wait, the, yeah, last week's episode that uh. took. So semi-retired man he talked about a trip to the hospital I took, and I need to relax. And so I tried to download like a couple games on my phone to relax. I I can't. I've hardly played them. I don't know. I just I just see that as like 
checking out of this life a little bit, you know, and, and that's why I was curious as your perspective changed, if you were like, yeah, you know, I still enjoy those. And I don't know, I'm, I'm struggling with it because when my kids, they, they just get addicted to it. It's just like, you know, I leave for, and I say, just be on an hour. Okay. I come back two hours later. They're still on it. I'm like, didn't I say an hour? You know, what, what's the deal with that? Like you, you love those games more than you do me because I asked you to just play an hour. <laughs> I felt like that's fair enough, you know, to play it for an hour and you're addicted to it. And I just feel like so many people, that's what they dive into and it has no eternal fruit, you know, as you talk about fruit, I guess. Yeah. Yeah, absolutely. Absolutely. Uh, one of, the, one of those things that I struggle with, right. And, and, um, continue to struggle with is, is games and, and managing my time. Right. Um, I, I, I don't want to, I don't want to cast shade on anyone who uses social media, but I right. think that's also a danger for social media, right. Endless scrolling through, through TikTok yeah. or, or YouTube kind of checking out of, of what you're doing now. Right. Mm-hmm. Um, yeah, I think I think that's a, a danger. Yeah. So so how do you relax then? What do you do besides read your Bible? Do you have you know, so what what's gone in place of playing those video games and checking out? Well, I, I'd like to say that oh I read for five hours a day <laughs> and um I, I um spend time with friends for the rest of the time, but but that's simply not true. Um so I, I, I still do um watch some YouTube videos, um but I, I try to to limit that, right? Um so instead I try to replace that with some reading. I try to read for a little bit each day. Um and then um, I also try to spend that time talking with mom. So, so the days where I'm at home and it's just me and mom, um, other social interaction is limited, right? So um, maybe her and I can have a, a deep conversation. Or one of my personal favorites is I love having debates, honestly, yeah. about yeah. anything. Okay. <laughs> uh, so sometimes mom gets tired of that. <laughs> Um, but I certainly enjoy having, having those debates with her. That's funny. (laughs) My my go-to line is, Hey mom, will you have a debate with me about what? Oh, you choose. I'll do anything. (laughs) Um, but yeah, yeah. She might've been influencer on creating this, the monster of though at the same time. I mean, I think she probably enjoys engaging, you know, in, debate a little bit at least and then you turn the monster loose a little bit maybe yes yeah i think i think so i think there's something that she's she's grown to like maybe a little bit more <laughs> um how would you describe your faith through these trials if you could sort of put a word on it like rock solid roller coaster down in the dumps i don't know you know what i'm saying like what you know from a day to day is it do you feel like you, you stayed steady or is it a roller coaster or where, you know, how would you describe your faith through this? Um, I, I would certainly not use the word rock solid. Um, well, maybe I take that back. Um, right. So faith, faith is just trust in God. Mm-hmm. And I think, I think that my trust in God is, is firm mm-hmm. because, um, maybe one of the things that I, I've kind of learned through this is I, I can be an emotionally disconnected person sometimes, right? Um, so w- through a young age, I often um, knew all of the apologetic answers for why I believed um, the Christian faith, right? I knew I could give you reasons for what I believe, right? Um, but, but going through this trial... Um, made me realize that when someone asks you, why does evil exist and how can that exist? Because I just lost a parent, right? Um, I, I would immediately launch into a, a cerebral answer to them, right? Mm. Well, because free will exists. Um, but maybe, maybe that's not what they're looking for, right? Um, so for, for me, having, having this struggle where you can know the right answers, but sometimes that doesn't make you feel any better. Mm-hmm. Um, so, so maybe improving my relationship with God on an emotional level instead of, of a mental knowledge of him um, was one of the biggest factors of increasing my love and trust in him. Hmm. Like more empathy for others and so forth then. 
Right, right. And 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 um, maybe if I wasn't clear enough that um, feeling loved by him, feeling close to him mm. was one of those things that, that kind of changed. I didn't get a lot of that. I didn't feel that um, before before all of this went on. Mm. But now, now I'm so grateful that, you know, I can just fall into his arms. I don't have to um, know the answers or be a good person. So the, that board that comes to mind is consolation. I mean, would that be accurate? Are you saying? Yeah, yeah. You I turn think, to him and feel consolation. Mm-hmm. Yeah, yeah. Uh, to me, the feelings weren't a a big deal to me until you go through something where your feelings were were put to the test. Huh. Well, what would you say? Because I know what happens. I think to a lot of folks when they're confronted with something tragic, something you just described maybe as evil, it, you know, that's the way it maybe it's perceived. Like why would God allow for this to happen? Some will react by turning their backs on God instead of falling into his arms. Like you just described. Could you, could you speak to them? If somebody out there listening, what, you know, what sort of insights can you share? Mm-hmm. Yeah. Yeah. So, so for someone who, who is going through, a, a hardship or trial in their life. Um, I would say that first of all, if, if you don't have a relationship with God, I think that would be an excellent first step. Talk to someone who does. Um, and, and ultimately I couldn't have done this on my own. I couldn't have gotten through this the way that I have if I didn't have that relationship with God. So I, I would put that on the forefront. Um, but I would also say that um, to to that person who has lost someone, I would I would want to give them a hug, right, first and foremost. Mm. I would want to, to love them um, and and offer um, maybe maybe um, if if they're wondering theologically why God would allow this to happen to, to share that with them. But I don't, that wouldn't be where I'd first want to jump anymore. Um, that, that would have been my, my first response now or then, but now, now it's just, how are you doing? How can I help you through this? Do you need your dishes washed? Do Mm. you need your lawn mowed? Mm. What, what, what can I do to help make this, um, easier on you? Yeah. It's interesting that the difference in how, you know, our, our impulse, I think, even for somebody who is, is actually carrying a heavy cross, I mean, you're, you're, you're suffering, right? Like there's a, there's a component to that that can't be, like you're saying, you can't explain it away in, in a syllogism, Mm -hmm. but there, uh, the answer to it involves emotion, involves relationship, um, so yeah, some some of the folks that um, maybe grow, they're they're carrying that cross, they're suffering, and they're they're growing bitter over it. You know, is is there is there a way out of that? Hmm. Um. That's an interesting question. I I honestly have never thought about that before. Mm. Um. My my initial thought is yes, there's a way out of out of that that bitterness. Um. If that's something you're struggling with. Um. So, so yeah, um, maybe I would need a little bit more time to think about that question sure, yeah. before well, I give you a, yeah, a good so answer. I mean, I'll, I'll yak for a little bit then, uh, you know, so the cliche, <laughs> the cliche phrase is like, you know, it can either make you bitter or better, right? Your oh. trials, you know, that, and that's what it is. And, and truly I think, um, it's worth saying that we can tell that this trial that's made you better. It's made you humbler. It's made you more empathetic. It's made you more like Christ through this. And I think that's a testimony of the validity of our faith, honestly. I think because that's what the Holy Spirit does. The more time you spend, he refines you. And there's so many people who have this um, disaffinity (laughs) with Christianity, you know, this disdain for – maybe that's the word, disdain. It has a disdain for Christianity, um, and it's because – they had a trial, and they said, "Where are you in this trial, God? I which, don't which see is you." Honest, yeah, which is an honest, yeah, it's perfectly question, fine to say a human thing. Yeah, to say. It's, but 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 because um, they didn't dive deep, maybe into their questions, or they allowed that 
that seed of bitterness and that anger to just overwhelm them like a tidal wave. They weren't able to see, I don't know, the, I don't want to say, you know, the forest, you know, the forest in the trees. They weren't able to see God through all of that because of where they were at. Or, yeah. or maybe appreciate the beauty of the ocean because they're getting, you know, bombarded by the waves where they're at. Hmm. I, I don't know. Yeah, I, I think the apologetic kind of answer, right, is, well, God in his providence usually brings a greater good out of something like that, right? But that's such a hard thing to see in yes. the midst of suffering. Now, uh, like in my life, uh, as an example, I've, I've seen um, my mother suffer, and early on in the diagnosis for her condition, we, as a family, asked those questions. And I'm sure, personally, she did also, but... Boy, you you remove from that original diagnosis, you remove uh, a good 10 years from it. And you do get to see some of that, some of where God works through the trial. I mean, it's still a trial today, but there's things that have happened, uh, namely with the people surrounding her, her relationships. Um, Yeah, God is working through that. But boy, in the midst of that trial, right in the middle of it, it's like, boy, you can't just give the answer and expect that to just solve it. Um, so could you talk about maybe how, um, has what's, how has God work, worked in the midst of your trials here? Um, have you been able to see some of that fruit in your, and maybe not just in your own heart, but in, in the world around you? Hmm. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Um, I, I I would off I would I would say first and foremost in, in me um, one of, one of the things is you know um, my time with God every day um, but one thing that I I wouldn't have expected um, in in the world around me is how my relationships have improved with my grandparents and with my siblings. Mm. Um, so in some in some of those relationships, thing things were strained. Um, in, in some of them, they were good, um, but not great. And, and through this, um, whether it be spending more time with them because of the situation, or 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 just simply a change in perspective on maybe their part and mine, um, that now we have a much closer relationship. Um, and it would be one of those good things that I would point to, because because like you said, right? When when you're in the ocean and you're drowning in the ocean, you you don't you, you don't appreciate the beauty of the ocean looking mm-hmm. out over it like from a high mountain, right? Yeah. Um, but you know, looking looking back over over this, I wouldn't I wouldn't um, I'd love to just say have it all go away, but a lot of me wouldn't want that because of those good things mm. that have came from it. Yeah. That, that, that's, that's kind of I was, one of the questions I was thinking about is regrets you have, or like, could you wish it if you wished it away, you know, but then you're saying, I'm wishing away all the good that the Lord has done in my heart and mind through these trials. And so the person I'm here today wouldn't be here if I didn't go through this trial so how do I wish that away? <laughs> right? right. Absolutely. It to be like, oh, I might be less like Christ, but I'll be happy and, you know, whatever. Well, happy, I don't know what I would say. But, you know, uh, yeah, and that, that's hard. On, on the kind of flip side of that, do you have a burning passion of something like you really want to do, you know, in this life? You know, I, I, you know I'm thinking like, you know, Climb the you know Everest you know I don't know do you have, I'm just saying is there a burning passion to like I really want to do this? Um, um, hmm. Uh, I think I think I maybe would go with that. I want to um, be there for my future family. Mm. Um, so um, losing losing my dad made me realize how much of of a positive influence of fathers, right? We can look at statistics about fatherless homes and it's, it's quickly apparent that those kids are suffering because of their lack of fatherhood influence in their, in their life. So, so to me, my goal would center around, um, 
spending time with my kids, being a godly example for them, inputting um, righteous knowledge into their lives, um, and and being there for for my wife, my future wife, and and kids would probably be one of those burning passions mm. for me. That's a really good answer. <laughs> yeah. yeah, yeah, for sure. Yeah, it's not. It's not. Uh, what's the Tim McGraw song? Skydiving, right? Like, I, I don't you know, know what I'm saying? Like the bucket list. I, I almost yeah. you hear people use that word, bucket yeah. list kind of thing. Um, you know, maybe somebody retires and they're like, okay, I'm going to get to that bucket list now. Whatever it is, and it, sometimes it's kind of filled full of silly things, especially yeah. in, in light of the answer you just gave. Yeah. Yeah. No kidding. <laughs> Yeah, I wasn't sure. I was just thinking about that. So. Could I ask you? Um, I think I think part of the episode that I recorded, we like to we like to sort of um, put death in a room and close the door and forget that death exists. And um, you know, you could speak to this, I guess, in terms of how you've dealt with your father's death, um, or for Ben, kind of use the word. There's a immediacy or a closeness of death probably in your mind, given your battle with cancer. Um, most of us, we live life as if death did not have a, a say in anything, which is, again, I used the word crazy earlier, Isaac. I mean, it's crazy to think that. Um, so could you just share with us maybe some thoughts? Like what do you think of death? What, what is your, yeah. Any, any kind of perspective you can lend us there? Um, well, my, my, my favorite saying is to live as Christ, to die as gain, right? Mm. Um, which is, which is a beautiful saying, right? Because if if we live, we get to serve Christ in this life. If we die, we get to see him and, and be in his presence for all of eternity. Um, um, before I, before I go any further, I actually have a GK Chesterton that I really like. Um, He says, a soldier surrounded by enemies, if he is to cut his way out, needs to combine a strong desire for living with a strange carelessness about dying. Mm. Um, So I think think that 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 is a great quote um, for for living our life, right? We, we, We need to have a strong desire to continue to pursue Christ in this life, but we also need to realize that for us, death is mm. is a a good thing. Mm. Um, it, it's it's something that we can look forward to in a way. So, mm. yeah, yeah. I, I, that, that word interesting that caught me is I don't know about you, Ben. Carelessness. Yeah, yeah. How do you, how do you sit with that? Like a carelessness about like, hey, um, for you know, death has no hold mm-hmm. on me, right? Like because it's been defeated. You know, yeah. that, that, that yeah. kind of Impart- mindset. Impartiality is a weird, is a little bit like that. I just think about that. The love or it's impartial. You know, you don't have to get your way or whatever. You don't care what happens to you. You know, it just is like whatever. But yeah, you have to have that passion to go out and swing, you know. So. And you, you have the confidence in saying that because uh, one of the one of the um, phrases I latched onto for that episode was because you know where you're going. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I this this would all fall apart, right? If if heaven doesn't exist, oh. if if Christ didn't die right. on the cross two thousand years ago, right? And and from an apologetic standpoint, I guess a little bit. I don't know if we speak to it, but you know the it, it, <laughs> I don't know how to ask this. Is there any doubt to you that somehow you just gave yourself a false peace through Christ? That religion has has just helped you through this life, and it's given you a false peace. Mm. I don't need, I know loaded. I, like imagine but, somebody sitting over here wants to debate you. Right. <laughs> you know, because, because, because if an, if a non-believer or just a doubter, a doubting Thomas is like, okay, is this, is this real? You know, mm-hmm. I mean, yeah. It, so religion has a good place in a, in our lives and it just makes us feel better, makes us better people. But you know, Jesus really is in that, in the, still in some tomb somewhere, and he never rose, and heaven isn't real. Like, you know, can you speak to that at all of, like, the authenticity of of what we're talking about here, maybe? I, I don't know what if I'm setting you up here or not. Sure, sure. I, I wish I could remember who, who says this quote. Maybe it's Peter Sanger, um, 
but but he says religion is the opiate of the masses, mm-hmm. right? Um, but I I don't think that Christianity is is an opioid, right? Um, so so in answer to your question, Ben, um, I there there are times, right, that I'm like, what 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 if, you know, what if I'm all wrong about this? Um, but as quickly as that thought comes, I'm able to dismiss it. Um, and, and that's because I think that both emotional connection with God and, and apologetics are an important part of a Christian life. Um, so to me, um, for a host of reasons, whether it be presuppositional apologetics, right? The idea that, um, we have to presuppose something and, um, the only presupposition that seems to work is if we assume that the Bible is true and it is the word of God, right? Mm-hmm. Everything else seems to fall apart. And there would be a host of other reasons for, for my belief for that. Um, but, but the biggest would be is nothing works if Christianity isn't true. We can't make sense of morality. Mm. We, can't, we can't make sense of the, of the lo- human life, uh, of it being worth anything, right? Everything falls apart if, if we assume Christianity is false. Yeah, I, agreed. I agree for you know, and and for sure, I, people and I, I people dive deep into what you're saying. I think is great. Um, I'm gonna have him answer as a challenge here. And yeah, I, I do want to ask one more thing. Yeah. Uh, so the thought of eternity. Okay, I just asked you what what you thought of death. Um, we all kind of have to, I think, come to grips with that. Um, but that hope of heaven, and, and what if you, do you get that thought? Do you what what is Heaven, what is heaven to you like? Because we, we, we know, no, no eye has seen, ear has not heard. We, we just don't know. There's no like data really that's that that we can. So you have to almost kind of imagine a little bit. Mm-hmm. Have you given thought to that? Um, I, I have, I have, um, and, and like you said, there, there's no, there's no verse you can read in the Bible that tells you exactly, you know, what it's going to be like. It talks about it. Um, but, but to me, it's, it's that kind of place where there is no sorrow, right? Um, and, and something interesting that I, maybe this is, um, kind of a weird thing to bring up. Um, but, um, th- our church has talked a lot about Christ being the light of the world this Christmas. Mm. Um, and, and the interesting thing about heaven is that there's no sun, right? Um, so, so just the idea that, that, Christ is the light in heaven, and and that's all we need. It's kind of a beautiful idea to me, and maybe I'm doing a terrible job explaining this, yeah. but it's it's a, a beautiful um, maybe maybe metaphor is the right word that we can just bask in His presence. Mm-hmm. We don't need anything else mm-hmm. um, to make our life worth it. And and for me, of course, I'm going to say that I get to see my dad. And, um, and maybe this is something I haven't brought up, but I was a twin and, um, my, my brother ended up dying at birth. So I'll also get to see him, which is uh, an exciting thought. Yeah. Wow. So, yeah. I mean, you've been a walking miracle since that's what I, you know, I know from your story that, you know, there was a chance you wouldn't have even made it, you know, out of the womb, so to speak, you know. And it's amazing. Right, right. God is so gracious and merciful in, in all parts of my life and everyone's life. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Yeah. And I, I think uh, in in this way, my, my youngest, I have four, and my youngest was a rainbow baby. My wife had a miscarriage, and he wouldn't be here without it. And he just is a walking blessing, you know, uh, every time. Every day is a gift. Um, and I can, you're a walking blessing. I can tell that without a doubt. Um, to the people around you, um, and and I, I this episode has been great uh, as always. Not, maybe not always, but as usual, it gets better and better. Like I thought, our conversation just kept getting better and better as we keep <laughs> going. Um, so I, in a way, I hate to wrap this up, but I'd like you to issue a challenge to our listeners. Um, what you'd like them, and I, I think it'd be really powerful if you could go ahead and issue your challenge now, Isaac. Yeah, sure, sure. Um, I, I kind of wanted to start off 
um, you you'd kind of given me a heads up that this is something you wanted me to do. Um, so I kind of wanted to start off with what it says in James 1. Um, you know, it says, Consider it pure joy, my brothers and sisters, whenever you face trials of, of many kinds. Um, so the question when we read this verse is not, you know, if I'm going to tra- face trials. It's, it's, it's when they come, right? So my, my challenge regarding this is when, when those trials come, how do we respond to those? One of my, my absolute favorite analogies that, that a good friend ended up sharing um, was, was the analogy of refining of gold, right? So, so it talks in, um, in uh, 1 Peter, I believe, you know, um, about, about our, our faith being worth more than gold. Mm-hmm. Um, and, and the interesting thing about the refining process is that when, when the metalsmith is, is refining the metal, right? Whatever he's doing, whether it be gold or silver or, or whatever metal, you know, he, he heats up the metal, right? Which is, in this analogy, what our trials are. Mm. He heats up the metal and he scrapes off the top, the, the sludge and the dredge, right? So, so he gets rid of things in order to make the metal pure. Um, and he does that over and over and over and over again, right? So we're not going to face just one trial in our life. We're, we're going to face many. Um, but the interesting thing is for, for a silversmith who's refining silver, when he's done, he looks into that, that pot of silver and he sees his reflection. And that's how he knows that the silver is pure because he can look in there and he sees a mere image of mm-hmm. himself. Right. So, so Christ is, is that silversmith, right? Ultimately we'll never be done with, with our refining process. He's never going to see a perfect image of himself in us because we're sinful, because we're fallen, but that's kind of the goal, right? The goal is to become more like him, to be transformed into his image. Um, so to, to me, I want to be a, a workable or, I want to be someone who is is willing to to go in there and be heated up and have that stuff scraped off um, through through these trials, um, so that I can become more like Him. So my challenge is to to me and to everyone that through our trials we would be open to Christ's work in us um, through through those things. That's great. That that is an awesome analogy, um, and and so so fitting. Of if you didn't think that was the Lord giving you that, I'll tell you. Last night, late last night, my kids and I got out my coin collection. I have a coin collection. I was thinking about well, I could keep all these and stuff. I had somebody go through it recently, and they sorted through what was valuable and wasn't. And they specifically like, oh, they'd hold up a, a book or a coin, and they'd say, "This is ninety percent silver." You know, oh, this is this has value to it. And then there's another bag. He threw this, and he said, "I'll ah, let the kids play with this. This isn't. This doesn't have any value." Mm. But it was that pure silver. So interesting. Yeah. To that, like I, I hold up a kit, uh, one coin. I said, "You know how much that coin's worth?" And they're like, "What?" And I said, "That's thirty-five dollars mm. because of the precious metal in it." And I hold up a book. I'm like, "Here's twenty silver coins. And you know how much it's worth? Two hundred forty dollars." You know, and they were like, "And then, you know how much this is worth? A quarter." It's a quarter, right? It's worth 25 cents. But, but I, what a beautiful testimony of like how he, I've never heard it explained that way. I, Not with the reflection no, at all. Never, no, no. They're, they're refining a little bit, but no, never with the reflection. That's what a beautiful analogy for us. And we can reflect that image here and now. Mm-hmm. That's kind of part of that mm-hmm. message right. too. Right. So if I, if I missed it, because I, I was so enamored in it, you were thinking about it, the, the challenge. <laughs> the challenge is to... Let a let our listeners let Christ refine them. Is that what? It, yeah, yeah. Let let Christ working you be soft clay in His hands. Right is another is another mm-hmm. metaphor yeah, yeah. that maybe you use. So I would I would say just yeah, be open to what He wants to do through you through your trials. Okay, good deal. Yeah, wonderful. Thanks so much for sharing. Yeah, yeah. and so I'm inspirational. Al- I'm also going to ask you to challenge our listeners to pray for Isaac yes. and his family. Um, you know, and I I certainly know. Uh, to live as Christ and die as gain, and but I tell you, 
I will want you here on this earth for a long time because there's a lot of wisdom that I believe you can share with people. Um, today was great, and I'd like to. Uh, sometimes we end episodes rarely, but we with prayer, and I like I like to okay. do that. Um, dear Lord, we come before you and we thank you for this time, Lord. Let us keep um, death in the in the front of our mind. Let us keep. Uh, the refining power of Christ in us and let us go into that crucible and let us enter that fire and refine our hearts and our minds. Let us not be bitter, but better. I pray that you touch Isaac's body through this whole treatment. We uh, Selfishly, we want him here on this earth, Lord. Uh, so we pray that you would touch him with through natural treatments or supernatural treatments, that you would touch it and heal his body. But again, thy will be done, your will be done here on earth as it is in heaven. And so we surrender our lives to you and say, number our days and let us truly uh, enter uh, great conversations and let relationships matter today and let us give up what we want for the other person. And it's in Jesus' name we pray. Amen. 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 Yeah. All right. Thanks so much, Isaac. We really appreciate it. What a blessing. Yeah. Well, thank you guys so much for having me. I, I've loved this this conversation. Yeah. All right, we got our marching orders. Let's roll. Thanks for tuning in to the Manhood Restored podcast. If you enjoyed this episode, be sure to subscribe and share. Also, be sure to like us on Facebook at Manhood Restored Podcast. To check out past episodes and show notes, go to manhoodrestored.tv. You can send us feedback and episode ideas to mightymen at manhoodrestored.tv. That's mightymen at manhoodrestored.tv. Be blessed and be brave. Until next time, mighty men of valor. 